Hey, guys. I thought we were doing the show in virtual reality in 2024, guys. Where? Guys? Well, we did schedule that in 19 in 2006, but it didn't happen, Chris. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get to CES this year, although maybe I did virtual. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to 2024. Travis is waiting in the wings. He'll be joining us in a second. I'm Chris Mitchell with the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. It's 2024, and we are excited to be here now that I have sorted out uh, some issues that uh, resulted in me having to push the show before. Uh, but I am excited to be back, kicking off a brand new year of Connect This with Doug, Kim, and soon-to-be Travis. So, <laughs> Doug Dawson coming to us on a brand new microphone, sounding really smooth. How's it going, Doug? Yes. Well, I don't know. I'm going to see if this... Mike can make me sing now. That's my next test. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, to me, it's like butter. It's like butter. Happy, happy New Year, everybody. And we also have Kim coming in with a, she got a new mic too. It's a little bit weird. Uh, it's changing her voice characteristics a little bit. We'll see if you still recognize her. What's going on, Kim? Hey, Chris, how are you? Yeah, just a little bit of a different voice. Uh, went to CES, came back with this voice, but we have a new year, and look, Doug. Oh, my new. Oh, <laughs> I'm now. I'm jealous. Yeah, see. So I I did spend uh, from roughly the last show until a week ago. Uh, I had a, a nice little cough and the throat issue. I finally got that sorted, and last night I started coming back too. So I might be hacking <laughs> up a little bit here as well. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, Travis will be back in a second. He uh, he just uh, something came uh, up um, immediately that he needed to resolve, and uh, and he jumped into that. Um, so I uh, I'm going to preview the show quick. Uh, we do have a peekaboo video to uh, to share in a second, and that will be the first big item. Um, we have uh, we're going to talk about ACP, the Affordable Connectivity plan is officially running out of gas. We talked about that before, but if there's anything we've thought of in the last month since we came together, we are going to talk about CES, uh, what Kim saw there, perhaps what Roger Timmerman saw there. If we're able to get Roger to join us uh, during the show, that might just happen whenever he stumbles into the back green room. Uh, we got some predictions to think about what's going on. Um, uh, there's a couple of stories that we might cover if we haven't covered the rest of the time. Um, and, uh, we got Travis now, Travis, welcome. Good day. Good day. Good day. All how is 2024 shaping up for you? Well, the chilly weather here is uh, not helping, but, uh, other than that, I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a good year. And I would, I would like to commend Kim and Doug on their fashion sense today. Spectacular choice. <laughs> Spectacular choice. Um, uh, yes. Well done, Mr. Mitchell. Well done. Yes, I have. I got the dead going on here. I love it. I love it. Travis complains about the weather. This is we just set records for the warmest December in recorded history. Um, and until like seven days ago, we had open water on our lakes, which is like, I don't know, virtually unprecedented. It gets cold for a half minute and Travis, all oh, the weather. Oh, da, 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 da. Well, you you asked. I mean, yes, I, I, it is a isn't it what a 24 hour news cycle is not what life is now. So 
Anything yes. over 24 hours old, I don't remember. I'm just looking at it's cold right this second. Well, so. I'm just hoping we've suffered. I've suffered. I'm not going to get my ice skating in. And so we had better have the ground open. I want your crews out there at the end of March. Uh, you might not even want them out there that early because you. I know that you like to make sure they have a good break to be able to jump in yeah. and get yep. really going. But I'm thinking that we're going to have an early thaw and we're going to have leaves on the trees in April. So that's what I'm hoping for. All right. Let's make it happen. All right, so back to broadband. Uh, we've got a video. I'm going to present this, maybe. We'll see here. Sharing, sharing. Find the video. Oh, dear. Rye's going to come in and tell us what the video is while I get it set up. Sure. So this is just happens to be a uh, YouTube channel for a guy who installs fixed wireless uh, for a WISP in Pennsylvania. And he is at an old AT&T long line site uh, where they share space with T-Mobile. And uh, he talks a little bit about it. Um, so unfortunately my equipment is a mess here because we had to move our equipment to make room for T-Mobile. And um, they didn't tell us. Chris, you might have to turn it up a little bit. Not able to turn it up more. You got it. We've got a um, 16 gig or 16 XG fiber switch. Our 10 gig links going up to our backhauls, dual 10 gig to our switch up there, power supplies, dual 10 gigs to our Microtech, just some management and a stack of batteries some power supplies and lightning protection on the back side. So that's what we have here, T-Mobile, Crow's Nest Broadband. And uh, I'll show you the um, inside of the compound real quick yet. Our new feature, we show other people's videos. Welcome. <laughs> I feel like this is a Blair Witch project. <laughs> I see an ice bridge. See kind of, they ha had uh, concrete, um, or, you know, around the generator exhaust area there, so that you know you couldn't ram something into the generator. And um, it's hard to show you guys just how massive these bolts are. I'll put my shoe up here and just kind of give you an idea. But these bolts and these legs on this thing, they are just massive. Um, Got the ladder here going to the top, 215 feet. And uh, of course, the feed lines have been decommed. The old feed lines uh, for the old horns have been decommed, but T Mobiles are going up there. Ours are going up the inside. Looks like they need a little bit of TLC. And all this big, huge cable management down here. Four legs, just, just massive, absolutely massive. Um, just going to show you guys this view of the uh, antennas. Some we'll cut it after here, right? Yeah, sure. Here's good, I think. Get a sense of the scale. Yeah, those look like the big ones. We talked about the before above him. Those look like the, the big ones where... Um, uh, it was like the old, old relays, right? Like uh, we talked about those down. I had the same pictures of some down in Rochester. I am no longer hearing you. Crap. 
Am I? Is everyone else hearing me? Mm-hmm. I can All hear right. you. All right, we blew out Doug's ears, but they'll come back. He's a deadhead. He'll figure it out. Um, the uh, so Rye, uh, it was interesting. So, um, what did you want to share that with us? It's just a, a nice glimpse into a piece of infrastructure. I think we don't get to really see from a guy that gets to work inside those every day, and then particularly that timestamp uh, spoke to me because it showed how. You know, they're in there with T-Mobile. They're both sharing the space ostensibly, you know, paying money to get in there. And T-Mobile comes in and puts in some really nice stuff, but then unceremoniously kind of just takes all their stuff and shoves it off to the side, unplugs everything, and just dumps it in a pile for whoever, whatever the poor tech who arrives and has to engineer it back together. Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, Thank you, Ryan. I think we'll we'll continue the conversation. Uh, if Doug's still not hearing us, maybe uh, you can work with him on the chat quick. Uh, welcome to 2024. Seems a lot like 2025, just uh, perhaps uh, more embarrassing. <laughs> uh, Travis, what'd you see in there? Anything interesting? So I often get asked why we insist on running our own cable plant and why we insist on building our own switching stations and this is a kind of an example. I, I've never really been a fan of shared spaces. Now, I'm not saying this, this guy probably doesn't have a lot of choices, but this is the reality of what happens. If you if you share a coax plant or a twisted pair plant on an Excel spreadsheet, it looks like a great idea, but this is the kind of stuff that happens. Techs come in in the middle of the night and they're like, what the heck is all this stuff? They'll unplug you, plug themselves back in, and won't even give it a second thought. So I think that's just kind of what happened here is they just – moved him out of the way and that was it and he and he's up he's obviously a smaller provider so they're probably just going to kick him around and there's not a lot not a lot of recourse yeah yeah i mean it's like uh, all the fun of group projects from school uh with the uh, the fact that your livelihood also depends on it <laughs> yeah and so that was probably a you know real fun three in the morning kind of you know at least they didn't unplug it, which I thought was kind of good. They at least looks like it was still running, but still not ideal. Doug, you're back. I am back. I like the mouse trap on the floor. <laughs> it's actually a, pretty big. It was a rat trap, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> Kim, did you catch anything you thought was interesting? I just kind of was wondering what the person who was filming that video looked like. I was like, is he a creeper or does he a young fellow with a stylish mustache? That's what I got out of uh, watching that video. But anyway, I think it, I think Travis is spot on. I think it just shows that there's no real decorum between providers when they walk into um, any of these facilities. And uh, you're exactly right. That's why everybody absolutely wants to run their own network because they don't trust the standards of others. Well, the other thing I think is interesting is that really shows people the reality of what the internet looks like behind the curtains. You know, everyone thinks it's this shiny, flashy, you know, thing you see in Hollywood. That's the reality. It's concrete buildings in the middle of nowhere from the 1950s that are spilling bits out into the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So that's just what it looks like. Yeah, they're unheated. They're ugly. They're dirty. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, I think it's it's pretty cool once you actually um, know what that gear is and you have a better sense. You can come in, look around. You know, even without labels, you kind of know what's what. Um, so anyway, it's fun. Um, thank you, Rye, for sharing that. Travis? Just, but at some point during the show, we we need to talk about uptime a little bit because 
Of course, 2024 comes. We had a little outage at three in the morning this morning. Already. A minute, a minute later, I got a two-star review. So at 3 a.m. So this is how, how the internet is taking over. We need to all learn how to go outside occasionally or go back to bed. So all right, I'll leave I'll leave my little rant at that. So Kim, I think you should I think you should say that on your website, Travis. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. If the internet's down, get some sleep. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's easy for you to say. You weren't just about to do that thing you've been working on for months, uh, leveling up in some way. <laughs> yes, I think it was video game related was probably the uh, one star review. Yes, it was. Yes. I, need, I need to get brushed up on my Steam content. Uh, Kim, we uh, were just talking about uh, the municipal networks. We're about to release an update with uh, how many municipal networks there are and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I was talking about how Knoxville would soon overtake Chattanooga as being the nation's largest municipal uh, network. And Rye was like, no, 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 no. Chattanooga is not number one anymore. Utopia surpassed Chattanooga last year. In the size category? In terms of uh, the number of passings. Really? Oh, look at us. That's our projection. Yeah. And so we're trying to verify well, it. Uh, but I thought before we verified it, I would tell everyone. <laughs> well, that what that means to me is I got to get a lot more customers if, uh, if that's how many passings they have and how many customers they do. But uh, that's that's amazing. That would be. Yeah. Well, I, think, I mean, I think Chattanooga set a high. Not, they haven't set the high bar. So I think Chattanooga has like two out of three of their passings connected yeah. uh, on their service. Right. Now, I mm -hmm. think. Cedar Falls, Iowa has like, you know, between eight and nine out of 10, depending on the services you're talking about and how they're doing at any given moment. So it's hard to get. I mean, there's a few places that have been in the 90s, but uh, you have to be the only game in town really to hit that. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's kudos to what Chattanooga and, you know, these others have done with those incredibly high take rates um, on the Muni side. So uh, we're, we're playing catch up a little bit to get those take rates up that high, but we'll get there eventually. Yeah, yeah my net in Oregon's at ninety percent. So that you're, but they these guys have been at ninety percent have been at it for a decade. You got to be there for a while. So yeah, my net's. Uh, I think they started in the late nineties or early two thousands. Is that right? No, it must have been yeah, early two thousands. Two thousand four. 2014. So they're in twenty years now, and yes, and they struggled. They were considered a failure in oh. the first five or six years. Yes, they were. Yeah. So anyway, things change and it's 2024. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Congratulations, Kim. Um, we also uh, we're going to talk. I think I was going to talk briefly about ACP. We've talked so much about it in the past. I don't think we have to spend a ton of time on it, but uh, I am curious, Travis, as uh, one of the uh, uh, ISPs and Kim, I want to hear next. I guess, Kim, you're not you're not directly involved. So Travis is the one to ask. Mm -hmm. um, how are you starting off your wind down procedures for your ACP clients? Honestly, I haven't done anything yet. So I'm assuming, I mean, the general consensus is it will not get refunded. The program is done, right? Is that the thought? Uh, yeah, I mean, we can talk about that. I think I would say my general consensus is that um, that there might be another program like it, but we're going to have a long period of nothing in between. Yeah, so I, I guess I always kind of like to, especially when it comes to these kind of programs, you know, if there's anything that's outside of our control, I like to wait till the official it's done, done. And then well, I, I think, think you've received communication from the FCC. And I think you might be required within 14 days of that to notify people. Um, there's a couple of things Ooh, I, that you I, might be on the hook to do. I'm going to have to look because I don't know. Have, have you seen Has anyone else seen anything from them? 
I they idea. said they were going to do it, but that was just like last Thursday. They probably haven't done it yet, but yeah. they're going to do that. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, I guess it's going to be time to wind that down. Now, it's interesting because he wants to pick it up. I mean, I'm happy to let them, you know, they seem to have a lot of money. Maybe they want to pick it up and run with a local ACP program. Now, now recall that you weren't able, you're not able under ACP to turn somebody off for 90 days for non-payment. So does that extend past the death of the, of the program? <laughs> you get to all these hairy rules when you start looking. At well, it. we'll, we'll wait 90 days. Cause last thing I need to do is spend more in attorney's fees fighting it than, um, than we collected during the entire life of the program right. so well congratulations well, everyone you get 90 days free so travis i think you will be getting an official <laughs> communication from the fcc and if you want whenever we have a show it'd be interesting to if you want to share a little bit of that and what the process is like uh that would be pretty interesting i think yeah yeah no i i'm assuming that's you know I, i'd be curious to hear what other people are going to do i'm assuming they're just going to let people know that the well, ACP wasn't refunded and i have a question for you travis up. Travis, are you letting people sign up for it right now? Because, or have you stopped even letting people sign up for the program? No, I don't think, I don't think we've had a sign up in quite some time. Okay. You know, yeah. I think the good news is we didn't get as big uptake as I anticipated because it was cumbersome to get signed up for it. So I think there was just a certain percentage of the people that would have been eligible that just didn't even bother. And so I guess in hindsight, that might be good. Sadly, but it's yeah. It's, I do think I think there's a date coming up where you're not allowed to take any new or the the they see the they won't be approved anyway if anyone tries to go through that work. Yeah. So for the amount of work it is, I would feel bad for anyone who's continued to try to go through it to get the last three months or two months, whatever it is. Oh yeah. I mean, how about how about it. those people the people in the world who are digital navigators and their job is to sign people up for ACP. Well, that's, there's, there's that's peop those people do exist, you know, no, not just do they exist. Like there's, you know, they are working for organizations that have grants, some of which yes. receive grants from the federal communications commission, yes. which just began a few months ago, to, which are right. based purely on how many people they'd be signing up for the ACP. And so you have a federal communications commission, which ignored the advice of everyone in the field to do outreach, waited until the last second, finally develops an outreach program, right? It's just running out of money. So, you know, well done. I think it's going to be refunded. I mean, I'm going to go out there for my first prediction. I think ACP is going to get refunded. Time frame? Um, maybe I'm. I think it's, it's not going to run out. I think it's going to happen do it the last minute. Yeah. It's got to happen very soon for it not to run dead. Yeah. I can't wait to the last minute. The so, federal paperwork takes a while. Yeah. AARP and other groups have really kicked into high gear, I think, highlighting this as more people are becoming aware of it. One of the conversations I had with someone, they had said that, um, you know, I think it was Comcast and someone else sent out an email to every one of their recipients basically saying, you know, call your member of Congress. And the switchboard at the um, White House and Congress was not overwhelmed, let's say, um, because uh, people got an email and they're like, what's this ACP thing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I just know I get free internet access. Um, and so, you know, th this comes down to a lot of different things, but in terms of lessons learned uh, and for branding and political and stuff like that, thanks uh, in the, in the, in the comments there, Sean notes that uh, Google also sent that out to their ACP customers. Okay. Um, our, our understanding is, is that that not, did not result because there's 20 million households on it. And like none of those households know that they're on it. Um, you know, they know well, that yep. they get a free service, but they don't know what it's called. You have to remember that the big ISPs, the cable companies, branded it under their own brand name. They mm -hmm. didn't tell people they had ACP. 
it was the Comcast special, you know, sort of thing. So, so I don't, people really did not realize that's what they're on. So, yeah, well, we'll wrap this up uh, because we're going to go to CES next. Uh, and I see that Roger is uh, able to join us quickly. Um, ah. But um, with ACP, we'll talk about it a little bit more in the future. We have a prediction from Kim that it's going to get refunded before it runs out. I think that there's going to be no money until um, maybe 2025. And I would not even put a significant amount on that. So I think we have two, po we have two polls there. Well, last year, last year I predicted it would run out and it'll come back half the size was my prediction. So in what time frame? Uh, later this year, very late in the year. Okay. Travis. So then it begs the question, let's say this version of ACP uh, goes away. You go through all the effort of onboarding then offboarding customers. Would you even bother doing it next time? Yes. Well, especially because, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see, Travis, whether it's you, whether it's someone else, how much anger there is at uh, from people. We've heard some stories already within our office that uh, I don't know that I can share of, of some of the people that have done the work being signed up, feeling like they were actually um, uh, being uh, blamed and, and harassed and yelled at by people who are frustrated that the benefit was going away. And so I think there's a lot of people who are pretty frustrated at this and we haven't even started cutting off the benefit yet. So um, I, don't, I don't know, like a second benefit is not going to work as well, I don't think, because of all the lost trust that will come from this. Well, especially the second benefit is going to be funded one year at a time, probably. How, how Every year you're going to have to worry about it. So, yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's something that I'm sure we'll be able to continue talking about. Last comment from Trav. Last comment. So I guess I would ask. I would ask everyone fundamentally: Do we think it was a good idea? You know, forget the funding and, and how was it a good program? I thought I thought it should have never gone to all the cellular customers. If it would have gone strictly for broadband, I thought it was outstanding. So okay. John Chambers uh, had a similar uh, feeling about it. I mean, I think that it was done in a way that mostly benefited the biggest companies. Uh, I would have changed the program design in a lot of ways. Maybe we'll come back to that at some point. But I do think, I mean, I think it was financially reckless, but something along those lines was needed uh, for a lot of families. Okay. No, what it was ultimately, and sorry, Roger, we can bring Roger out, um, see if Roger wants to jump in on this too. But, you know, what it really was, was in some ways a stimulus for a whole bunch of rural and urban communities where a whole bunch of families had an extra $30 in their pocket each day, not each day, that would be nice, um, each month. And generally we know that money goes into the local economy. And so there's like many counties are going to be missing out on a million dollars or more per month of stimulus effectively once this program goes away. Uh, Roger, did you have any thoughts on it? I agree. <laughs> ACP has been great. It's sad to see it struggling. Hope, hopefully everything gets in place. Um, but it's a, a very important tool uh, to get broadband out there. So, And Roger, you agree, yeah, agree with my prediction. keeps going. You agree with my prediction I, that it's going to get refunded? Always your prediction. Oh, yeah. It's gonna, okay. We'll see. All right. Yeah, there's just, enormous political support for it. Uh, you know, and, and anyone who's opposed to it is going to get killed politically because uh, they're just everybody needs this. Um, it's such a, a need today, right? So yeah, it's just the issue. The issue if they're is playing politics. They're going to have to get behind it. Yeah, but getting anything to a floor vote in this Congress is the challenge. So. And that's that's my concern. I don't know that there actually is anyone who will lose a vote because of this. I just feel like. Right. The issues are so polarized. People don't even care about these issues anymore. They just care about which team they're on. They're team red or team blue or else like, you know, team. I don't I never make up my mind till the last second. I mean, either way, like people aren't voting on broadband, I'm afraid.
Well, uh, but this, I do want this, to... this panel now has two teams. There's teams broadband and there's team CES here. Just so yes. So two of us made it to CES. One of us appears to be healthy from having done that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with Roger and then pick up. Apparently we're hanging out with different crowds. Yeah. I don't know who, <laughs> what Kim was doing. So Roger, um, last week we, uh, I think you were on the floor, um, but uh, we caught you a little later this time. What did you see? Yeah, so CES is a lot of fun uh, for for geeks. Uh, it's kind of like Disneyland, right? You just you get you go out there and you see all the cool uh, tech devices and new stuff that's coming out. Um, in some ways, I felt like 2024 was a, a little bit disappointing. Uh, I, there wasn't as many enormous product launches. Um, some of the places that I'm especially interested uh, are like in virtual reality and. You know, last year Sony was revealing its new VR headset, and this year it's like, well, we we got the new Quest Three, and it's awesome, but it wasn't a CES reveal. So there wasn't a lot of things like hitting, and that that was pretty consistent across. Where, yeah, there's been some good products come out, but it wasn't a like CES launch event for a lot of the big brands. Um, that said, there was still cool stuff to to find uh, in the mix. So I I go around and you know looking for. You know, what's, what are broadband-related things? Um, one of the big themes this year was artificial intelligence, right? It was, if I've got a product and I can slap AI into that product somehow, then we have to do it. <laughs> I'm not sure why in every case, you know, do we really need, you know, AI-powered stuff? But, you know, there's some interesting use cases of, you know, if you're like, I don't know exactly what to do, you know, how to microwave this thing and, and AI can, can make it hot just right, um, you know, that's kind of cool. So... Uh, some places you might not normally think AI would fit, uh, companies are, are getting creative with it. Um, so that was everywhere. I mean, just AI this, AI that. And, and I guess that was a small improvement in the past. I felt like I'd, I'd get angry when I walk around and it's like every motto of every product was welcome to the future. The future is here. We are the future. And I'm like, oh my gosh, just tell me about your cool, cool gizmo here. But, um, so AI everywhere. Um, but uh, that, and that's good. There was some of the cool stuff out that I liked uh, was uh, you had this. Uh, we got a lot of snow here, and so there is an autonomous uh, snowblower. I was like, yes, you know. So you know, in the past, we've seen lawnmowers, and so now we're seeing all sorts of different, you know, appliances and robotics and things that are taking on additional jobs. And I'm, do, do, you, do you sit in your do you sit better. in your window with a joystick? How does that work? I know it's it uh, has a little grill on the front of it, so it doesn't ingest you know pets and things like that. But uh, it, yeah, it just goes out and figures it out. Uh, keeps which actually I, I think is a great idea because a lot of times you're not getting out there with your machine at the ideal time, right? Like if if it can get blown while it's coming down and almost continuous, uh, it the the snow's softer and lighter, and, and it's going to be an easier job than coming mm -hmm. in and trying to, to blow out, you know, half melted slush and heavy snow. So, well, um, let's, let's that, turn. So first of all, I'm raising a, I'm raising a automated uh, snowblower and, um, and lawnmower. Uh, his name's Jackson and uh, it's a, it's a long process, <laughs> but I'm hoping it'll work out. Okay. Um, the, <laughs> are there things related to connectivity that you saw or that things that you saw that might be tangentially related to connectivity? 
Um, you know, there were some that I was disappointed weren't here. I usually like to seek out like QNAP and Synology with some NAS devices or consumer devices for, you know, your own content storage and, and things. And, and while they have a lot of devices that are 10 gig enabled, they didn't show up this year. It was kind of disappointing. We did see some routers. Uh, TP-Link had new flagships out with uh, 10 gig uplink and 10 gig uh, LAN ports, uh, even putting SFP plus ports on there so you could actually go directly in with the uh, fiber instead of just the 10 gig copper. Uh, so that was cool to see those. Uh, we were disappointed in seeing Asus actually remove their fiber port. It was still supporting 10 gig. Um, so at least TP-Link's coming in, uh, giving us some more ports uh, with 10 gig and other devices out there. So we're seeing computer motherboards. You go in, to MSI and Asus and others making or gigabyte as well uh, to make motherboards. And we've seen more and more 10 gig ports out there. We're seeing more five gig and two and a half gig too. Um, two and a half gig, I think uh, is getting a lot of support just because you can generally use your normal cat 5 e wiring with that. Uh, whereas your 10 gig uh, copper, you're, you're needing cats. I don't know what you need, cat seven uh, to do that. Hmm. Um, so anyways, there's kind of a wiring or maybe it's cat six a, I think that supports 10 gig. Um, so the, the convenience of wiring in the home is really driving more adoption and, and easier adoption of two and a half gig. Um, but there's the need, you know, where you can have a NAS device or other devices near your router. Uh, it's not an obstacle to have 10 gigs. So I, I think we're going to just kind of see that mix of 10 gig right there in your little space of devices, you know, uh, and then a lot of wireless going out into the house. Uh, so Wi-Fi seven, obviously we're seeing more of that. Uh, and that's supporting uh, more bands, more bandwidth. Uh, we saw demonstrations of uh, Asus was doing a you know point-to-point -point wireless within the house, uh, pushing that at, at several gigabits. Um, so rather than even worrying about getting wiring from your router out into the house, uh, we're seeing them being able to bump uh, those speeds up into multi-gig territory. So that enables a lot of things. And then the TVs, of course, as you're like, well, these TVs are getting incredible, right? You've got these 4K TVs and 8K and 16Ks, and and you've got these VR sets. Each, you know, the VR sets obviously increasing their resolution, um, and not only in just resolution, but in frame rates. Uh, we've got gaming monitors now that support 480 hertz uh, refresh rate on the screen, which is insane. I mean, I thought I was doing pretty good. My monitor's right here on my desk. I was like, I need gaming performance to make everything nice and smooth. I'm, I think I'm at 144 hertz on these. Um, and, and it's a difference. I mean, a lot of people are like, I don't really get this. CES is the place to learn, right? Because they'll have their demonstrations. You know, you don't have a camera. My iPhone can't take anything higher than 60 hertz mm -hmm. video. Um, but when you've got monitors in front of you and they're actually showing side-by-side -side demonstrations of, of these really ultra high uh, frame rate videos or the famous UFO test um, uh, for, for testing resolutions, uh, it's a dramatic difference. Um, so having those technologies evolving ahead of things and then as consumers actually start adopting those, putting them in their home, uh, if you're actually running video you know i wish movie studios like peter jackson was really trying to push for higher frame rate on movies and kind of got a lot of pushback people thought it looked weird and i'm like it looks great it looks weird because it looks better it doesn't have this like blur <laughs> effect but there's a lot of argument and debate over whether we really should be pushing higher frame rate video um i'm a big fan of it 
uh, but definitely gamers and that they you know they want right. smoother and better quality video well um, and streaming of video games so, is huge right so when you're so, watching video timmerman you have you taken a breath in the quality. past 10 minutes I'm just asking. Are no, you okay? No, no, Do you no, need right. a sip of water? Hey, this, this is fun stuff here, you know? You need a sip of water or so. something? Okay. Just asking. Kim, did you, yeah, did you so, see anything? So, Roger, we'll come back to you in a second. I'm curious, Kim, what were the things you saw that resonated with you? Anything that was beyond that? Okay. No, but Timmerman basically covered it. But the the thing that I love that is I just saw the prettiness of half the stuff. Like I thought the TVs and the transparent TVs were amazing. Um, but no, I didn't. I think Roger covered it. But there is too much technology in life when you walk through that show. Not everything needs to be automated to the nth degree is what I learned from CES every year. But uh, I, I do think that you're seeing a lot of more smart home devices and stuff. Um, and the, the major brands really buying into that um, more and more of how how do we all connect our homes to too many devices? But back to you, Chris. Timmerman, what was uh, what was the last bit? I think you had another uh, bit. Um, so the streaming of video games has become a huge thing, right? So, you know, I see just this morning, I'm down in our customer service department. I was pointing to camera like, hey, one of your guys is down there like watching video games streaming while they're working. I'm like, I'm not sure I'm supportive of that or not, but people are watching it, right? Like it's, it's, it's a major thing, almost like, uh, you know, in, in my generation, more it was watching football hall and all this stuff, right? But the younger generations, a lot of them are into watching professional gamers and streamers and so they want you know the experience the gamer is having is these high resolution high frame rate video uh, game experiences and you don't want to be watching some terrible quality choppy or you know version of this so you know there really is a, a demand i think for higher and higher quality streaming uh, content that drives more bandwidth it drives higher resolution frame rate displays um and for your own gaming too. And I love VR. VR has gaming, especially, you know, I've got, I'm the nerd that actually has one of those Tesla suits that the, like all the little actuators and stuff in it and get all hooked up. And, and uh, that stuff continues to get better and better. There were some really cool tactile um, gloves, you know, it had little like strings and cords and it almost looks like one of the, the animatronic systems at Disneyland where it's all these pipes running into the things that can move around well they do it the other way so you can be in a vr environment and grab objects and yeah. feel textures and things like that it's really amazing how effective they are i mean when you're actually demoing that thing you feel like you're grabbing a thing and picking it up um yet it's yeah. there's nothing in your hand it's just these these uh pads and actuators and pulleys and all sorts That's of crazy cool. stuff so i i just started an enormous just started amount with, of innovation happening there i just started with this i don't have a single friend on there yet um but uh but on some of the stuff i'll I, be your friend chris all right i'm gonna i'm gonna reach out to you <laughs> i also just started pokemon go with my son so I'm, I'm doing all the old stuff at the last second here uh, but I, I have this roller coaster simulator and I was like, this is weird. I'm just going to try it out. And the thing is they give you like guns and targets. And so you're riding a roller coaster and you're like shooting at targets as you're going. And like, I almost fell off my chair three times. <laughs> like, and I don't even have any of that cool stuff. The future is going to be cool. Sorry. I said, you're not the future right now. It's cool with this tech. So Travis, did I see you leaning forward? Well, I, I was just curious how that in-home bandwidth is possible at those speeds i mean it's the obvious it wouldn't be the six gigahertz spectrum is available is it 
I, you know, I was going to interrupt him and ask him if the Wi-Fi seven yeah. had a specific thing. Wi-Fi you. seven uses six gigahertz, I think. No, Ooh. no, Timmerman, this is a whole thing that he does where he wants me to. I, I'm curious at CES, did they have like a big plaque honoring Ajit Pai for setting aside the six spectrum? Because <laughs> Travis thinks this is the single greatest action of government since uh, government mandated sliced bread. <laughs> Well, no, since they mandated toothpaste. I told you that. Not sliced <laughs> bread. Yeah. So, no, we just had this reoccurring theme of, you know, how effective government is. And that particular version of the FCC really changed our lives. And, and look how excited Roger was to see it in person. So that was the first question. The second and even more important question than that, do you stop at the Stern pinball booth and play Jaws? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, I, I I love pinball. I, I, I you know that's one of these old tech, new tech things. And uh, yeah, Stern is a uh, they're awesome, and and they they usually have a reveal. I didn't even know they had Jaws as a new pinball machine, but yeah, they had like eight of them set up there nice. on the Lucky. floor. All right, that, that's all I had. Go 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 F, go 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 Ajit Pie, right? So let's just be clear here. Like if you want Travis's heart, do something really cool, and then he will ignore all the terrible things he does that undermine everything else you're trying to do. So yeah, I'll take um, one good. I'll just take a win every now and then, <laughs> other than a constant series of L's. So, well, my only observation is, yeah, this stuff all adds up to the household bandwidth. I mean, these gamers. I mean, I know gamers who are frustrated by symmetrical gigabit speeds on fiber with low latency. I mean, it's getting to be really nuts. So, yeah, yeah, no, and that's one of the things I was curious about. I heard from, um, you know, some of the coverage from the Daily Tech News show. They were talking about the TVs and so was The Verge. And um, they're talking about how they're getting really much bigger than I think we expected. And the question I had was along that line of when are we getting 8K then? Because my dad's 4K. It doesn't look so good when it's at 85 inches when I visit them. Uh, you know, it starts to break down, and especially when you get to the compression that you get. And so, you know, even if you're I haven't checked YouTube, I guess, with the 4K to see how good it does. But like if you were doing 4K over satellite or 4K from Comcast, it looked ugly, frankly, on an actual good 4K display. Now you pump that out to 100 inches, 108 inches. I think it's going to look real ugly unless you're, you know, you know, across town from it. Yeah, I think you, you nailed it. It's the compression, right? Like if, if they were pushing 100 meg, 200 meg streams, it looked phenomenal, but you know, their Netflix and YouTube even are, are pushing this to mass market and they're like, well, we, it's got to work. So, uh, you know, assuming bad broadband, we're going to compress these things down to 20 meg or, or whatever. And they look like garbage, even though in theory they're 4k. Um, so yeah, you, you have a nice still image on the screen. It's pristine, right? You put any motion on there and it looks like garbage. And in fact, worse than a lot of 1080p, Mm -hmm. streams and so that, that's been a frustration of mine is we're just not seeing the content providers pushing content at higher bit rates uh, to actually give you any benefit of 4k okay so we have to move on but i want to one last question for you roger which is leading into our next segment First of all, I think you were busy and you missed the beginning of the show. Um, ILSR, in, speak, in the spirit of a 2024 presidential election year, ILSR is now um, is now uh, expecting to see, we are um, uh, forecasting that Utopia is the biggest municipal broadband network in the nation by passings. So congratulations on that. 
Um, we think that you have surpassed Chattanooga, which was by our count, the second biggest, um, or was, had been the biggest. Um, but I'm curious if you have any predictions for 2024, you want to share one and we'll, we'll move into that segment to talk about what's coming next. So you get a prediction and then we're going to give you the boot. Oof. Well, I mean, our, our approach is we cast a wide net and then, uh, you know, see what we can get. So no uh, industry prediction, not yeah. utopia prediction. Industry <laughs> yeah. prediction. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think this would be a big year for, for the industry. Uh, you know, some people are like, yeah, you know, we checked a lot of boxes for passings and fiber. So maybe this will slow down, but I mean, no, I, I mean, I'm in the space of cities and states and others that are trying to identify ma- demand where, status quo is not meeting that demand and that usually results in more RFPs and more, you know, feasibility studies and just figuring out options. And I'm, you know, towards the end of last year, we were seeing more of that than we'd ever seen. I think we're going to see even more in 2024 where cities are just fed up with uh, cable and, and DSL and other, you know, wireless other solutions that they just don't feel are meeting the needs. And uh, we're going to see a lot of effort in, uh, fiber deployment and increase right. still well that and, gives and me more hope than is, I I have. A lot of, just one more comment a lot of people are like you know yeah once you've got fiber you check the box and i'm like i think we're gonna see more uh, what's considered overbuilding right where you have multiple fiber operators i mean if we go into a market and we get 30 or 40 percent we're good right so the market supports multiple fiber operators in the same space and there's not a lot of that happening because there's so much no fiber to cherry pick right now, you know, communities with no fiber, but you know, let's say every household in the the country has fiber. I think you're still, still going to see a second and maybe even a third fiber option come into those areas because the economics still support it. All right. Thank you, Roger. And uh, we appreciate you coming by on such short notice. Thanks for having me. Yep. Um, with Roger, Roger made the, well, the that, comment. That's, I think, so that's what ahead. the boot looks like. The boot, you just kind of <laughs> <made more. laughs> Um, I, I think, and I, and I've, I haven't seen this confirmed. Maybe we discussed this, Doug. I don't know if you thought about it. Um, I think that, uh, according to FBA fiber broadband association, half of the country has a fiber optic line available to it now. Um, that's, so I, 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 I don't buy that number. I, I, I okay. just, I keep. You know, the, the folks who put it together are one of these guys who also market wholesale, you know, DSL lines. And I just don't think they count it properly because there's so many cities you go to who just have a tiny fraction and people live in cities and suburbs. Okay. So, so, so I know, think that means yeah. then that I mean, you would probably say it, between 40 and 50% of the country. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. It's over 40%, but to say half, I just, I can't get there. I keep I tried What's interesting to do my is, math on that, and I couldn't get to it. So, thanks yeah. to the the co-ops and the munis, I actually think forty percent of rural areas have fiber now, also. And so it's kind of interesting there. There's a little bit of symmetry. Nah, right not now. not not yet. They will after bead, right? Hmm. If you if you put all those guys on a map, it's still a really small. I guess country. we'd also have to come up with it. This would be might be worth doing, and Ryan might be jotting down some notes. But um, yeah. depending on different definitions of rural. Um, I think we might be getting in pretty close to that. And at that point, I think rural surpasses urban. And well, I, it's a long I time. I think rural's going to surpass urban. That's the interest. That's one of the interesting trends. Yeah. Okay. Let's jump into other predictions. Um, 
Uh, and then we'll come back to uh, questions. Uh, we'll come back to Juan has some cool questions in the chat. And so Rai, hit me over the head with a hammer if I don't get to them by the end, because I'd like to tackle those. But let's talk about some predictions. Uh, Kim, would you like to go first? I'm going to go for the ultimate Chris prediction. I predict in 2024, the FCC will change the definition of broadband um, in 2024. Let's see. So That's a bold one. <laughs> Today, today's Tuesday, right? So today we released, or tomorrow, if we're running late, we're having, we still have some illness going around the office. Um, uh, we have our, our podcast from all of my colleagues at ILSR on the broadband team, and we debated this. And uh, Kim, you're right. I take the opposite side because uh, I'm, I'm tired of losing that bet. And so I figured this is the last year I can lose it. I'm saying they're not going to change it. And I'm going to go ahead and bet that I'm wrong again. <laughs> Travis, he's he's now rooting for twenty five three. Travis, you hear this? Well, well, well. I guess the big question is, what is the new definition, and does it even matter? You know, are, are we going to go? That second part, way? yes. Yeah. I mean, is it? Is I it, mean, is it fifty six or what? No, it's one hundred twenty. I think it'll be one hundred twenty. Yeah. I think that's the, and I think that's still too low. But if I was to take a bet, they'll change it to one hundred twenty in twenty twenty four. Huh. Yep. Wow. All right. I don't find this that interesting anymore. So I'm going to move us to another prediction. <laughs> who's got Who's got another better one than that, Kim? Oh, thanks, Chris. <laughs> uh, Travis said he wanted to go last. So Doug, you you've written a bunch. What What's one that you want to share? I think that uh, Wi-Fi six. I'm I'm going to possibly still Travis's. I think we're going to see a giant impact from Wi-Fi six on rural wireless networks. I mean, it's, you know, people will introduce it slowly, but the FCC's finally tweaked the rules to allow it this year. And I think we'll actually see the gear before the end of the year. So, I mean, when you're, you could be talking two, three gigabit speeds in limited areas. I mean, not forever in distance, but that's that's a gigantic change. So it'll hold people over for a little bit. I mean, this is a, the mm -hmm. same thing we saw before, which is I think people will be like, yes, finally. And then in a year they'll be like, that's not enough. What am I getting more? Or get oversubscribed. And you know, the, the fact is it still takes a quality ISP to do it right, but there's plenty of quality wisps. So yeah. Travis, any, any reaction to that? Yeah, I, I mean, I, th I think Doug's right. I think this is where you're going to see Toronto is really. Remember, now we haven't heard the name Toronto for a while, have we? And no. and now it's it'll it'll be back, and everyone's going to think it's amazing because they're going to introduce the six gigahertz spectrum. So I think you know Cambium and uh, Toronto, they're all going to have some some pretty nice products out there in the you know if you can get a 320 megahertz you know channel, there's a lot you can do in that. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a, that is a significant improvement in wireless. Um, no, I, I, I don't, I see a lot of whiffs. This is their next, as long as they do a little fiber in, in the mix, I think they can be fine. The, the, the people that are, are not doing fiber backhaul, I think are going to be, are going to really struggle still. Yeah. So Juan, Juan just put up, uh, um, for, for, uh, the benefit of at least Ruben, who's uh, on the road driving, listening to us. Um, the, uh, he put 5g connection, home, con 5g home connections, which I will just shorten to, uh, mobile wireless, um, will slow with the Doxis 4 rollout. 
And that's something that I'm also predicting, but I don't think it's going to benefit the cable companies. I mean, I think uh, we're going to end this year with uh, with a very modest growth, perhaps staying the same or perhaps a very um, insubstantial decline in the number of people subscribed. But I don't think fixed wireless on mobile is going to keep growing the way it did before. I think that's going to peter out. I don't think cable is going to do very well. And I think even fiber is going to kind of like pause in general. I think people are going to mostly stay where they are, maybe switch a little bit around, but I don't think we're getting a lot of new subscriptions. Yeah, you think you think the carriers are just going to trade the customers back and forth? Just a little bit, yeah. 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 And this was the fun question, right, Chris? Is that what you were saying? I failed, Kim. <laughs> Kim, I predict a big campaign against municipal broadband. I think the $1 million ad buy was the beginning. I think you're going to be very busy with the American Association of Public Broadband. And I think we're going to see I really like, pushback. I don't want your predictions. I don't like your predictions. Chris, Chris shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're going to see a lot of those. I mean, there's the there's the guy over in, in uh, who's going after Frankfurt. I mean, what is, what's going on here? So. Yeah, we have a big story of that on communitynets.org yeah. um, with yeah. um, Frankfurt, Kentucky is under fire. Um, yeah. <sighs> but um, it's, it's yeah. another day, another, I think you're going to see these come, Chris, I think you're not wrong. I think what you're going to start seeing is municipalities who thought it was easier than it is start to fail um, on some of their projects because hmm. I think some people think it's easy and it's not. Um, but that is my prediction associated with uh, Muni broadband. And that is coming from somebody who works in the space. But uh, now when you I say that, beast. I think part of what you're predicting also and what I would give you credit for is some mm -hmm. of the cities that have gone with open access in a partnership with an untrusted with a vendor that is not proven. I think that's more likely we're like more likely to see problems there than with cities that have just done the, the Chattanooga approach and they do their own services full service. I think I think that you're right on that. I think you will see some of the full service ones still struggle too. But yeah, I think it's more open access. Um, open access is a lot harder than I think a lot of people make it out to be. And it's not just you pass it, you just pass the pipe over to somebody else, or at least our um, model isn't. But yeah, no, I think that's Muni broadband is going to be very interesting in 2024. I would absolutely agree with that statement. And I would agree with Kim also because what everyone misses on open access is you need economy of scale. You got to get to a certain size yeah. like they are. And a lot of these folks are not that big and, and they, the math just doesn't work. So you need to get to a utopia size to really nail it. So um, it's going to be an interesting to watch some of them. Of course, any failures cascade to see, look how bad they're doing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, what, what I'm looking out for in terms of trends in municipal broadband is California, California, New York, California, 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 New York, <laughs> Maine, <laughs> Vermont. <laughs> because in the next couple of months, I think maybe in two or three months, California will make decisions about what they call the federal funding account, the FFA. And we have all kinds of projects in there that will benefit from some public financing that the state of California had arranged for prior to uh, hitting massive deficits. So depending on how California decides to react to the deficits and which projects get selected for funding, uh, we could see all kinds of new municipal broadband in California. New York is also has a great program. Maine and Vermont have great programs. And so I think no matter what happens in other states, uh, this year will kind of be defined by those four states and predominantly California. 
Do you think that's what's behind all the anti-municipal stuff? Is that or not? I, I think do they, if I'm, do they, or do they just not like him? I mean, if I'm at a cable trade association <laughs> and I'm looking at the two most important states in the United States of America, and by some measures, New York and California, just using state policy to encourage uh, municipal broadband, I think I would be think working worried pretty pretty much. I mean, I, wow! So I think so, it would be so incoherent. That, that's what I would be. So, I would be incoherent. <laughs> And then you would run and spend a million dollars in Utah because of that. <laughs> I think I might test out a million dollars in Utah, but I'd be planning on maybe, you know, I mean, don't forget in one market, I mean, in one market, they're set up to lose millions of dollars per year from right. municipal broadband. Now, not we're not talking about rural California counties here, but we're talking about like, if we're talking about like Los Angeles County starts doing some stuff around this and some of those cities get an idea. That takes a chunk out of Charter Spectrum's, uh, you know, profits, and that's it's the, tens of millions. It's big numbers, yeah. Right, exactly. So there's real money at stake, and so to put a few million dollars in an ad campaign and hone that in a few places, and then go big with it elsewhere. I mean, the other thing we'll see is I would expect is is we'll see the message delivered by former mayors, forty former city council mm -hmm. members in Los Angeles. You know, those are the people that look for that paycheck, the Heidi Heidkamps of the world who didn't get rich. Then they were a decent person in public office. They come out of office and they sell that image for as much as they can get to pass it on to their kids. I don't know. But like, that's what we see. People who had a good reputation will cash it into the telecom industry. I'm almost on a rant, but I'm going to hold it for February. <laughs> you were close. You were close. Yeah. Other predictions? Um, Kim, any other predictions? I think you're going to see a simplification of models. I think in the past year, you've seen a lot of um, interesting like private equity and cities partnering. I think some of them are very successful, and I think some of them haven't been so successful. So I think you're going to simplify what works. And I think you're going to see some people who rushed into this industry actually exit the industry because it's not, it's not as easy as what they thought it would be. But those are my last two predictions, Mr. Christopher. So here's one that I'm just, I mean, I have to say, like, I am really not looking forward to 2024. I've said on multiple <laughs> occasions, if I could fall into a coma and wake up in 365 days, I would be happy <laughs> when I woke Ooh. up. Um, I think this is going to be a bad year for Democrats on broadband. Uh, I was just in Gary, Indiana, which is a city that is very hard hit um, in terms of uh, decline. Uh, used to be, you know, 240,000 people, major, major U.S. city um, and uh, has been hollowed out and telling them that, yes, the state of Indiana is getting a billion dollars and almost none of that is going to Gary, where Comcast, you know, is among the last places Comcast upgrades their network. And to tell them that the money you are getting is mostly slated to get you excited for for an internet connection for their digital equity through skill training and stuff like that for a connection that you cannot afford. Um, it's, it's hard news to tell. And, and I think the Democrats have spent almost all of this money. They're responsible for it. It's mostly going to very rural areas that will never vote for them in any sort of appreciable numbers. When the ACP runs out, I think Biden takes it on the chin from a lot of people who get this, who, who, who are less excited about voting. And I think that from a political standpoint, the Democrats have set themselves up that broadband will be a huge loser for them, even though it's been a good investment for the country. And so that makes me sad. <laughs> but that's what I see happening this year. That was close to a rant. That was close to a rant. So. Yeah, um, this rants don't end with me bursting into tears. <laughs> it's like not only do we not have a solution on the horizon for you know for a lot of these cities, um, we uh, we still have the the fact that we're going to have people in power who 
who voted against all this money taking credit for it. So what happened? Good. What happened with Happy Chris? We used to have Happy Chris coming into 2023 with all these predictions and all of these things. And now you're just I'll tell you, you join the rest you. of us. <laughs> I, I know what it is. Once he puts on a hockey shirt, man, it's just sweater. <laughs> He gets so aggressive, doesn't he? Well, okay. So here's one. Memphis is exciting. Memphis is doing cool stuff. Go ahead, Doug. I get my next prediction. This isn't even a prediction. It's an observation. Rural America is now getting more upset about bad cellular coverage than they even are about broadband. It's getting worse, and they're really getting fed up. I mean, every county I talk to, they are bent out of shape about how crappy it is. And the cell carriers are not even pretending that they want to talk to them anymore. They're like, there's not enough profit in your market. We're never bringing you any more cell sites. And so that's going to be the, you know, I think the FCC will launch the the 6G fund this year to start building rural cell sites, but it's not going to make a dip in the problem. So, um, and it'll take four years to do it anyway. So uh, that's getting to be a boil over issue. So. Hmm. Um, So uh, I do want to have a, positive one so i'm looking through so here. yeah we try, we're trying to bring chris down even more here this is good i don't think we're gonna see any major problems i mean i think that we're deeply concerned uh, travis was concerned and i my heart went out to him about whether or not the fcc's digital discrimination hearing will you know kind of uh harm small isps that are that are unable to build the entire city all at once. Um, Travis, you know, uh, USI has been accused by people who are quite ignorant, I think, of of engaging in um, um, racist uh, deployment patterns. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be an issue in 2024 or beyond. I just I think it's going to be a non-issue from the FCC. We've made this prediction before, but I just want to repeat that. I don't think it's going to do a lot of good, but I don't think it's going to do any harm. And when it comes to the FCC, that is a victory now. <laughs> Perfect. I don't know what to do with this new Chris. I just don't know. I, yeah. I just don't know. I, I, like, I feel like we're all at, for a loss of words no. at a loss of words. Flound- <laughs> floundering now. Floundering. This is fiber. <laughs> this is fiber, Chris. Look how happy he is now. I mean, yeah. oh yeah, that's right. He <laughs> got his fiber. This is fiber, Chris. So the, see, I fiber, got the rest of your hose. Look what fiber does, people. For people, they take curmudgeons you know, and turn them into happy-go-lucky people. Look at that. No, just good the broadband. Opposite. All right, my turn. Go Travis. Yes. Okay, and I know that this is, you know, not the way it's supposed to work, but um, I think be, due to the election coming up, I think there's going to be some decent uh, reduction in the interest rate at the federal level. So I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see a point, point and a half in 2024, which would be very nice for those of us out here using uh, debt to build. So look for that might be a self-serving prediction. Um, I believe in speaking with vendors, a lot Travis, of how far down, where are we ending in, uh, in 2024, where are we ending with the interest rate down a full point? I think a full point. Some people think up to three points, but I, I think, I think we get one percentage, which is, which is significant, you know, which, which is a significant yeah. change. Um, vendors, uh, really ramped up, I think based off this bead and they've, uh, put a lot of money into new facilities, new production, new shipping, and they are sitting with product aplenty right now. So if anyone's thinking of jumping into the broadband game and you have capital and you have space to store it, it might not be a bad time to work some deals right now on pipe and handholes and, and whatnot. So or, 
if you have 1500 feet of like 72 count armored uh fiber if you want to yes. yeah. donate it to the tribal broadband boot camp <laughs> yep and my final prediction for the year and this might be um come with some contention i think by the end of the year we're going to have some absolutely pristine fcc maps so there you go. <laughs> they are going to be perfect down to the millimeter in this country. Are you on drugs, Travis? I mean, are you on drugs? Huh? You know, I just want to see if Fiber Chris would bite, but he isn't. So he look at the big smile. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, I, I appreciate that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, was, that was it. So I think, I, know, think I, 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 think I think it's going to be a good year, but I think it's going to be a lot of like wash, rinse, repeat. You know, it's just, I don't think there's going to be anything overly revolutionary. I mean, the last revolutionary thing is, you know, we're going to start using the six gigahertz band, which I think is going to be great. But other than that, I think, um, you know, as I told you before, two and a half gig has been far more surprising as uptake than I was anticipating. So we'll see a little of that. Uh, the cell phone in a box products from the uh, from the uh, cellular providers that they're 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 taking a certain customer, I think, from cable. At a pretty regular clip right now, but I think that'll even out as their networks saturate. And I guess I, I kind of, hmm? you, Travis, I think one of the predictions that I made on the other show was that uh, I think a lot of the people they get that ACP bill, they see what they're going to have to pay. I think they're going to switch over to one of the cell phone in a box services, and that's going to be the last big boost that that service gets. Yeah, and it's it's so predictable. I mean, or so unpredictable. You know, you go from one house to the next to the next, and you go from here in Minnesota from different seasons, you know, it's, it's very, 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 um, you know, unpredictable. And it, as Juan alluded to with some uh, drama this morning on our network at three 30 AM, I mean, people, people were losing their, losing their minds if they didn't have internet. So I, I think you're going to have a certain demographic that, that, that cellular kind of product works for. Uh, very low end internet users, mm -hmm. but for the average and above, it's, it's just not a good fit. Did you have one final one, Travis? Not just the maps. I think the maps are going to be good this year. Yeah, I have one more. I think I think half of the states are going to absolutely implode on the beat grants trying to get them out the door. Some mm -hmm. some of them are just going to run into absolute disasters. So define I mean, implode. They're going to bogged down and not know how to do it, get it finished. It's just an, a massive amount of work hitting inexperienced folks who've never really done this before. And some of them are mass, still massively understaffed uh, and they don't have the talented experts to help them. It's going to get to be really ugly for those folks. They're either going to just give up and shove it out the door or they're, if they try to do it right, they're going to bog way, way down. So, I do think, and I don't know if I got this from you, Doug, but I do think uh, I've heard a couple people say, I think they're right. We'll start seeing states just telling NTIA, "We're not doing that," and come take the right. money back if you want. Try and you know, come get it. No, really? they're going to say we're not. We're not getting the money out the door by October. We're going to do it at the speed we're going to do it. Yes. But also, I think saying we're not going to do the climate change plan, or we're not going to do this thing, or you know, we're just not going to follow the rules. Like, I mean, we've already seen it obviously with municipal broadband, where states like North Carolina are like, we're not changing the law, we're not going to let cities take the money. You know, we dare you to not give us the money, and NTIA blinked. And I think we'll see that on right. other issues too, where states say we're not going to comply with this rule. If you want to come take the money. You go ahead and try. We'll see how the newspapers treat it when you take broadband money away from us right before an election. And here's how they're going to do it. 
they wrote their state plans to match the NTIA rules, but they're going to award the grants any damn way they want. That's what's going to happen, mm -hmm. right? Right. Yeah, that's that would fit within what I'm expecting. Yeah, not, that's not everywhere. Not everywhere, but no, a few no. places will start, and then we'll see how far it goes. And once one state does it, they're all going to be very tempted to do it. <laughs> Any yeah. guesses on the first state? The first state for what? That does it. Pushes hard. Oh, I don't know which one. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I think yeah. it's something we're not expecting. But Kim, any last thoughts? I mean, I mean, there are states that I'm working with who are very unhappy with NTIA, places like Missouri and all. They're going to do their own thing. Yeah. So. I was just wondering if, uh, like, it was because uh, Doug lives in North Carolina in which they didn't want to give it to cities because they just love charter there in North Carolina. Right, Doug? <laughs> charter owns the government here. This is the United, <laughs> this is the uh, state of charter we live in. Yes. So. So no, I, I don't have any more predictions, but I think it, it I think you're gonna see some wild card states come out here with the, the money. I think you're gonna hear hear from some who make a lot of noise in this part of the process that we haven't heard from before. And I think that's when it's gonna get very interesting because I think some have been remaining a little bit under the radar, but I'm excited to see what happens. Well, I, I one thing to agree with Chris. Do you think California will pay any attention to the NTA? No way. <laughs> I guess I didn't give them a lot of thought. They are, I don't know. Yeah. They have this money and they're going to spend it their way. Texas. Well, the, the thing is, is that, I mean, I guess if CPUC is making the decisions, I tend to think of people in terms of whether they're rule followers or not. <laughs> and CPUC folks to me seem like rule followers to uh, flaw sometimes. <laughs> so sometimes, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so Juan had a question that we'll wrap up with, which is um, questioning about, about weather and how it impacts connections, saying both media and Comcast have had issues in the, in the extreme cold uh, in the past two days. Uh, and then obviously, Travis, was your issue weather related or just a coincidence that it happened at a, such a cold night? Well, there's always weather element. Weather is, it's, 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 it's really challenging for, for network operators, both from an ex excessive heat, excessive cold, rain, wind, humidity, um, humidity, you know, the, it's actually a topic that doesn't get spoke about much in our industry. Everyone's always worried about the bits and bites, but the, uh, yeah, in our, in our world, there was a, a combination of things and weather was one of them, but, uh, you know, it's generators get very angry when it's, you know, very, very, very cold or very, very, very hot and uh, batteries, et cetera. So yes, I think uh, for people- so mostly, that, mostly electricity related. It's all yes. power. Yeah. Everything is, in our world, everything's power. You know, if, if the power is on, uh, the network uh, is running. If if the data centers are warm, I mean, for instance, the Akamai was down for two days um, uh, because of a, a, a cooling issue in Chicago. You know, and this stuff just happens all the time in all over the place. And and, and people do not talk about it because they don't no. want to be, they don't want to scare people how, how close to the edge the internet is. Yeah. Exactly. You know, in a lot of cases, it is a little bit of a house of cards, you know, and a yeah. lot of the issues that come up are things that you predicted, but a unpredicted version of it happened. So, yes, yeah. I, I would say that, you know, we monitor the weather like crazy. And, you know, one of the cool parts, I guess, about Minnesota here is we have all four seasons, but one of the bad parts is we have all four seasons. Now, uh, you know, people in Florida, I'm always so impressed, like when the when the tornado or the sorry, the hurricanes come through, how quick they get things back online. I, I don't think people really appreciate. And this kind of goes back to what Kim said earlier. These networks are not trivial to run. 
and they uh right so this is the thing i just feel like i'm always uh i'm the yin to your yang only it's not quite like that because i do feel like there's like you know go back to a previous episode and travis is like this stuff just isn't that hard you know like and so how do you reconcile yeah not that hard compared to nerve you know like brain surgery but it's still it's you know you you've got to care let's put it that way and, uh, it's not as simplistic as make people make it seem yeah. either i think there's a balance of it's not yeah. that hard but people yeah. also don't want to listen and say you need to focus on this too to get to the definitely next it's not plug and play like the vendors yeah will tell you. oh and people well, are like- passionate when it's not running oh i i have never wow people are very animated nowadays if you miss uh miss a couple minutes of internet i feel like one other way of looking at it is that it's not that hard once you figure it out but when you're on the other side of that knowledge gap it just seems like it could be anywhere and this is one of those things that drives me nuts. I was just, um, cause we were just talking with someone about this also. Um, and, uh, I don't know if it was one of you, I don't think it was, but, uh, there was a, a problem that they were having with the network and it took like three days, 10 hours per day with like people from the vendor, people from this other place trying to figure out where it was. And they finally found this weird misconfiguration on some router and some other person's data center or something like that, that was like causing all these weird behaviors. Once you have it, it's like, oh, well, that wasn't so hard. But like when you're trying to figure out where it is, it's like. <laughs> it, it reminds me, did you guys ever see that kind of cheesy doctor show called House where they always started off with like this mystery you couldn't solve. And then by the end, aha, I figured it out. That's the way this stuff is, too. Yeah, it's real easy if you already know what the problem is. It's getting to the problem. I mean, I've been doing this for 35 years and like this morning's issue. Never seen it before. Probably will never see it again. But it's how Can you describe it at all. It was, it was just a battery voltage slash generator. It was power related. It's always power related. Power <laughs> and cooling. So, um, but yeah. never seen it before. And all the fancy stuff we bought to monitor this, of course, it didn't work. So Because it was too cold. Yeah, it was too <laughs> damn cold out, yeah. So this weekend, I finally, I finally pulled everything back when I was having a flaky hard drive. I had started like throwing stuff in different places to back it up before I lost everything. I lost a few things here or there. And um, that was because I didn't have online backup because I have like three or four terabytes of storage and Comcast has a uh, bandwidth cap. And in retrospect, uh, it would have been worth it for me to just pay the $35 a month to have unlimited transfer. Um, But now I do have that. So it's nice. But it took me uh, about a full year to get everything back and and in the right spots and deduplicated and all that crap. Um, So my weekend was great, but at least I feel now that it's, it's done. Wait a minute. minute. That sounded like old Chris. I'm a little confused. (laughs) Well, no, what I was going to say is that I'll find out next is that backblaze. I haven't misconfigured or something. And so when I actually need it, it won't be there. (laughs) It'll be, it'll be so encrypted that you won't be able to open it. Right. I'll pick the password that's like Comcast sucks 02 or something. <laughs> All right. Um, any any last comments from anyone? Did we make a bet? Be a good... there, did we bet anything last year? Did anyone win? Oh, that's a good point. We need an intern to go back to the vaults. We really, I mean, it would really benefit if us if we had and I, some podcasts have like a person that will just volunteer to do some like basic work around things like that so i don't know if anyone's like interested in that um but uh i'll see if we can get back into the vaults a little bit 
right now we're just scrambling because i mean like every week it's been a different thing there's a lot of illness going around and we're struggling just to keep up with our commitments right now and um so uh but i can try to look into that all right do we have a bet for 24 then are we get, are you i'm gonna, gonna bet, i'm gonna i'm gonna bet that he's never gonna look into it what do you think <laughs> <laughs> you know I, th I think i'm three and all right now so how about chris i'll bet you chicken wings at the maps are perfect by the end of the year <laughs> all right all right i'll take right, the right. i'll take the pity bet all right, all right uh, there you go <laughs> yeah i'll you know i'll bet that it's going to be hard work to put on a big happy face and tell a happy story for a lot of the weeks of this show <laughs> moving forward i just think this is going to be a hard year um you know i, I, I think it's going to be a good year chris i think I it's going to be a good year yeah i, I actually think it's going to be a lot better than 2023 he's killing right. me he's killing yeah. me <laughs> you're killing me i love it um we probably will not be back in two weeks because i well we might do it i'll check times with y'all but just so people have a sense in two weeks is our next tribal broadband boot camp with ton autumn um in which we will look at what it is like to try and run a tribal broadband boot camp that have been depending on 75 dollars a month acp benefits <laughs> and what does one do now <laughs> so um we will uh it will be difficult to schedule that week so if it's not that week it may be the following week uh but i look forward to trying to continue to do this about every two weeks in 2024 with um you three fine black shirted saps that uh <laughs> come here for, out of the goodness of your heart <laughs> so uh all the audience members tell a friend we're still trying to grow the audience it's growing a little bit still but uh would love to have more people in the chat uh, more people telling uh, me what i'm getting wrong that actually really helps me to to get up my energy so if you want to supercharge me just tell me a couple things i got wrong in my email maybe i'll uh, have the energy to keep going with this uh these predictions i'm making so my, my um, last little comment kim's voice got better during the show mm -hmm. the tea. It, she talked. it gets better and then it gets worse so yeah. You just got caught the end. It's the Grateful Dead tea. Back. Yeah. There's got to be a pun, some sort of tea for Grateful Dead. Somebody gave me this as a, a Christmas gift. And I was like, I don't know if you really know me, but I mean, thanks for the cup. <laughs> you do not want to know what's in Grateful Dead tea, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever it is, we'll maybe talk about it whenever we come back for another episode of Connect This. Mm -hmm.